0: What's up, Vineyard Northwest? Wilson here. So this year we've been in a series called Strengthen. And last week, Luke gave a message about the prophetic and pressing into the gift of prophecy. What a message. It really released something into the church. And in this message, you can expect to have a sharpened understanding of the fact that all of the spiritual gifts are for everyone and then even how to handle um, stewarding prophetic words in your own life. So I hope you enjoy the message. Have a great week. Hey, morning, everybody. So we're really excited about that retreat. The student ministry here does a similar thing where they partner with other other churches in the area who have student ministries that want to join together for a retreat. Also, if you uh, know about our children's ministry camp, they do a similar thing where they they partner with other churches and other vineyards in the area to come together to have a camp for the kids. And so we felt like for this year, for our young adults at our church, we wanted to partner with other churches in the area to have one big retreat in Sevierville, Tennessee. So like I said, if you're a young adult and you can self-identify there, But if you're a young adult and you would like, yeah, I'll trust you, but we have a screening process, so (laughs) we'll see. But um, you're invited to this retreat. It's going to be amazing. I highly recommend it. So turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy 1. I want to talk this morning about strengthening the impact of your prophetic ministry, something I feel like God put on my heart to share, so I put my best notes together. I'm going to share about it. So, I want to share this word that I got a couple years ago. In 2016, my wife Jamie and I, along with some other people, were at a conference in Illinois. And as we were at this conference, there was great teaching, there was great ministry. But at one point, this guy walked up to me. He happened to be a senior pastor of a vineyard in, in northern Indiana. And he walked up to me and he said, Luke, I have a word for you, and it is involving Jamie. And Jamie was, we were just dating at the time. We weren't engaged. We weren't married. I mean, I've been thinking about it, but we weren't at that place in our relationship yet. And this is what he said to me. He said, God wants you to know that Jamie is a person who's not just someone to support your ministry, but you are to view her as your supreme ambition in life, from which... From that place, your ministry is gonna flow and I'll be with you along every step of the way. So like I said, it was semi-awkward because we were just dating at that point in time, but I was, I, was, I was certain at that point in time we were gonna get married. But ever since I heard that word, I have gone back to it in my mind and gone back to it in my heart several times. Times where I was having to make important choices between career and between relationship and other times as well. And so that word has really been a word that has helped impact and influence and shape my marriage with Jamie. And so with that in mind, let's read this verse out of First Timothy one. This is what it says. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Paul says this command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight. What's Paul saying here? He's saying, hey, Timothy, those prophetic words that you got, use them to fight the good fight of faith. Use them to draw inspiration to love me, to love God, and to love people when you're feeling a lack of inspiration. By them, by the prophetic words, fight the good fight. And so the big idea that I wanna talk about this morning, oh, by the way, side note, you maybe saw it on Facebook, Jamie and I are expecting in August. <laughs> so very super excited about that. Um, but the big point I wanna make this morning is that prophetic ministry is a lot easier to engage with than we think and not only that but valuing prophetic words that we have received is actually a lot more significant than we often think and so i want to start just by taking a look at prophetic ministry maybe you've never heard the term prophetic before or prophecy or maybe you have it's a confusing term for you i want to take some time just to clarify what I'm talking about when I say prophetic ministry. So some biblical context for, for prophetic ministry in the Old Testament, prophetic ministry mainly looked like this. God, yeah, God who was telling his prophets to tell the people of Israel about their sin problem. People of Israel, if you read through the Old Testament, you'll see they've got a major, major sin problem. And it's not just because they were especially bad, but it's because all of humanity at that point in time had a sin problem because Jesus had not come yet and redeemed humanity. And so God was constantly reminding them, hey, you have a sin problem, don't trust yourself, trust me. And so that was mainly what prophetic ministry looked like in the Old Testament. But then Jesus came and we know at the cross, he dealt with that sin problem. And because he dealt with that sin problem, it actually changed the nature of what prophetic ministry was. New Testament prophecy looks a whole lot different than Old Testament prophecy. And so why don't you turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Let's just start at the very, we'll at the very ground level. Let's talk about where this is mentioned, where prof- prophecy is mentioned as a, as a spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 3:11 this is what it says but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit and to another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit and to another gifts of healing by the one spirit and to another the effecting of miracles and here we go and to another prophecy and then he reads off the rest of the gifts and ends it by saying one in the same spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually, just as he wills. So the first point I want to make, and it's not often clearly evident just from reading this at face value, but the first point I want to make is this, that prophetic ministry is for everyone that's in Christ. Prophetic ministry is for everyone that's in Christ, not just a few gifted people. Not just a few gifted people, but for everyone. If you read in Acts 2 at Pentecost, what's Pentecost? That's when the Holy Spirit came and made himself manifest and filled all believers. If you read about that, you'll hear that Peter um, quotes a passage from Joel 2, where Joel 2 says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and their sons and their daughters shall prophesy even... On their male and female servants, they will receive prophetic gifting and they will prophesy. And so prophetic ministry is for everyone. Um, it's not just for a few gifted people. With that said, I want to do a quick little demonstration. So I actually need eight brave volunteers. You don't have to be that brave, but if you'd be willing to be a part of my demonstration, can you just walk up and stand in front of the stage? I need eight people. Here are all the radical people in this church. Okay, how many do I have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Awesome. So if you have taken School of Kingdom Ministry, you've probably seen this before. It's the best illustration I've ever seen on explaining how prophetic gifting works and how everyone can do it. So I just want to, um, I wanna do it again. But if you haven't heard it, if you haven't seen it, great. So there are a couple of ways that people believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit work in the body of Christ. Some people believe that, o- that each believer only gets a couple spiritual gifts. So maybe for this one, you have the gift of prophecy. You have the gift of word of knowledge. You can have healing. You can have faith. You can have tongues. You can have interpretation of tongues. He's really excited for that. <laughs> you can have miracles, and you can have, what's one that I forgot? Discernment. <clears throat> so, some people believe like this, each one has their own gift, right? And so for the sake of this illustration, let's say that I'm the Holy Spirit, just for the sake of the illustration. <laughs> Don't quote me on Facebook saying that. <laughs> I'm the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, and I need one more volunteer. Micah, come on up here. <clears throat> so let's say I'm the Holy Spirit and I want to release, I'm, you know, I'm God, I wanna release healing to Micah, okay? In this understanding of how the gifts of the Spirit work, I'm like, okay, who has healing? Okay, can't use Alexandria, can't use Terry, can't use any of these people. Okay, I have to use this person. Why don't you go lay hands on Micah and heal him? Because you have the gift of healing, okay? Right, and then if I'm like, you know what? Actually, again, I'm the Holy Spirit. Actually, I wanna give a prophetic word to Micah. I wanna speak to him. Well, who's got prophecy? Can't use you, can't use you, can't use you, can't use you. Who has prophecy again? Oh, Alexander, okay. Hey, can you go and give the prophetic word to Micah, right? (laughs) So do you understand? So that is one way that people think about how the gifts of the Spirit work. That is not the way that I believe you see in the scriptures, although at reading some passages with no context of face value, it can seem that way. Here's how I think it actually works. Can you all give me your markers back? Thank you. He held on to that one for a second. <laughs> all right. Here's how I think it actually works. So, again, I'm the Holy Spirit. I am the one who has the gifts. Actually, none of these people have the gifts. None of them are gifted and like can, you know, always heal or are the one who always gets chosen for healing or the one who always gets chosen for prophecy, right? So, I'm the Holy Spirit. I have all the gifts. And if I want Micah to get healed, I just choose one of these people. You know, a lot of times the one that's most willing. Here's healing. Hey, can you go heal him? Okay. And then I take the gift back because it's not, it's not hers. It's mine. It's God's. Or if I would like to give a gift to Micah of, like I like to give him a prophetic word, then I, say, I might be like, hey, why don't you do it? And you know what? Let's give him two, actually. Right? <laughs> And so, when you, you all can sit down. Thank you. <clears throat> Give them a round of applause. So, when you understand the gifts of the Spirit in that way, it actually changes the way you think about the word gift. So, when we say gifts of the Spirit, we don't mean that I am gifted to prophesy. What we actually mean is I am the vehicle that delivers the gift which is the prophetic word, to the person the Holy Spirit wants to receive the gift. So the prophetic word is actually the gift. The healing is actually the gift. And we are the ones who just pass it along however the Holy Spirit wants to do it. So what that means for all of us is that because we all have the same Holy Spirit inside of us, And we have the same Holy Spirit that all the apostles had. And you know what? We have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus himself functioned and flowed in. Because we have the same Holy Spirit, we can all engage in prophetic ministry. And even if you don't think you can, I'm telling you right now, you can. So we can all engage in this stuff. And you know what's really cool? What I found is that flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, flowing in healing, meaning being used by God to pray for healing for people, being used by God to release prophetic words to people, flowing in the gifts of the Spirit actually teaches me something about the nature of God that I couldn't learn otherwise. You actually learn something about God by ministering and partnering with the Holy Spirit to minister to people and to bless people and to encourage people and to build people up and to heal people that you could not learn otherwise. Or else... This, I mean, maybe maybe you could learn it, but this is like the primary way that he will teach you. It kind of reminds me of Jamie and I have gotten to do some premarital counseling this year for some couples, and watching the way that the two, the couple communicates with each other, actually teaches me stuff about them that I probably would never have been able to know otherwise. In the same way, when we are in, when we are like observing. The way that God is using us to interact with His people, when we are hearing the things that He's saying to us, and we're passing them on to others, when we are experiencing that, we're actually learning things about His nature that we couldn't learn otherwise. So it is it is such a privilege to engage in prophetic ministry. Now, I do want to. There are three main criticisms that often get that are often made against. The understanding of the gifts of the Spirit that I just shared. I call call what I just shared the full access theory, meaning all believers have full access. And the first example I gave where each had their own gift, I call that the limited access theory. So oftentimes people that maybe more so believe in the limited access theory, they usually have three criticisms of what I shared. I don't have time to get to all three of them, but I do want to touch on just one of them. The first one that is often said is, well, it, it seems clear in the passage that, um, and actually, can we throw the first, the first uh, passage of 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 back up there? Thank you. So if you read through it, people are like, it says to one is given this and to one is given that and to another is given this and to another is given that. So isn't it clear that one gets one gift and then another person gets another gift? And here's a problem with that. There are two things that are grammatically interesting about this passage. One of them, yes, is the, the fact that Paul repeat, re- repeats the phrase to one, to another, to one, to another. But there's a second thing about this passage that's grammatically interesting that I think actually reveals Paul's true intent in saying this the way that he said it. So we can, can we go to that next slide? You'll notice that Paul repeats this idea that it's all coming from the same Holy Spirit over and over and over again. He says, through the Spirit, blah, 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 according to the same Spirit, blah, 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 by the same Spirit, to another, blah, 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 by the one Spirit, and then he ends it with, the same Spirit works all these things. So why was Paul repeating over and over again to the Corinthians that it was the same one Spirit that was responsible for all of these gifts. And here's the reason. Paul is actually correcting their polytheistic mindset about the gifts of the Spirit in this passage. Meaning, Paul is correcting their twisted understanding of how the gifts work. You see, they thought the gifts worked like this. There's a prophecy God, and that's when prophecy comes. There's a healing God, and that's when healing comes. There's a word of knowledge God, and that's when words of knowledge come. And so because polytheism was so natural for these Greeks, you know, they had Zeus, they had all their gods, they started to view the gifts of the Spirit in the same way. And so Paul is correcting that error and saying, no, doesn't matter who's getting this one and who's getting that one and who's getting this one and who's getting that gift. All of these gifts are coming from one God. And so that's why Paul cho- chose to word this passage the way that he words it. And if you want to dive deeper into this, I encourage you to do it. You read verses 1 through 3 of 1 Corinthians 12, you'll see that they also were believing that there was a different that the the God the Father, God the Spirit and God the Son were all different gods. And so, I'm going to leave that there just for the sake of time. But but yeah, Everybody can engage in prophetic ministry. It's it's for everyone, not just a few gifted people. So, moving on. Point number two about prophetic ministry. The essence of prophetic ministry is sharing with the person what you think Jesus is saying to them. That's all it is. Simplified and clarified. All prophetic ministry is, is me saying, hey, you... This is what I think Jesus is saying to you right now. And it's not just me making it up or imagining it. It's me actually trying to hear God and do my best to share what I heard. So can you turn to Revelation chapter 19? I'm going to share a verse that has, really, it has two powerful interpretations. I'm going to leave out one and focus on another. Revelation 19, chapter 10, says this. Then I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So what's happening here? If you know the context, John, the apostle John is the one writing this, and an angel speaks to him. And an angel says to John, these are the true words of God. And when the angel says to John, these are the true words of God, John falls down at his feet to worship the angel. But then, of course, the angel's like, hey, no, 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 don't do that. I'm not God. You should worship God. And then he says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That phrase, I believe, is two interpretations, like I said, Here's the one that's relevant for us. So let's break down that phrase a little bit. What is testimony? Testimony of Jesus is simply that which Jesus is testifying. So whatever Jesus is testifying, that is the testimony of Jesus. Now, when we hear the word testimony or testify, we think of like the legal system, right? We think of court cases. But if you look up in the English, what does the word testify literally mean, all that the word testify means is to declare, profess, or acknowledge openly. So the things that Jesus is testifying to, the things that he is declaring, professing, or acknowledging openly, that is the testimony of Jesus. So, what is, so let's finish the phrase. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I think another way you can read, the, read this is The things that Jesus is professing, those are the essence of prophecy. And so saying that in just even more common English, the essence of prophetic ministry is sharing with a person what you think Jesus is saying to them or what you think Jesus is professing to them. There was a time at a house group meeting probably four years ago when there was this guy who was a, he was actually a crossroads small group leader and he had come to one of our house groups. We have, we have uh, seven of them that meet across the city. He came to one of our house groups and he, I didn't know this, but I found out later that he was there because he was starting to feel really burnt out on the small group that he was leading. And so during ministry time at house group, I was, people were just kind of praying, there was some worship music happening, and I was just walking around to different people that I felt led to pray for, and I was doing exactly what this verse said. I was just sharing with them the thing I thought Jesus was saying to them. And so I walked up to this guy, his name was Marcus, and as I walked up to him, this verse popped into my mind. And this verse is out of number six. It's a blessing that Moses prays. It's uh, the, you probably, a lot of you probably know it. It goes something like the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so that verse popped in my mind, and so I just I just uh, said to this guy, hey, Marcus, I feel like God brought this verse to my mind, so I'm gonna declare it over you. So then I just said the verse. As I said the verse, immediately he broke down in tears. And about a minute later, after, after a while, I asked him, hey, Marcus, like, what did I say or what did God do in you? Like, What did you experience that um, caused you to have that reaction? And he told me, like, that verse that you said is actually God, like, me and God's life verse together. Or he said, like, that verse is the, is the verse that God has used to get me through so many hard times. And so when you said that verse, I knew that he was going to get me through this hard time that I'm in now. And so that's the power of prophetic ministry. That's what it looks like. It's not about us like saying something that we think sounds really profound. It's not about trying to get God to tell us some super precise detail about a person's life. It's simply saying the right thing at the right time. And when we're speaking the heart of God, when we are hearing from him and just passing along the things that he is saying, We are oftentimes sharing the right thing. We are sharing the right thing at the right time. And so the essence of prophetic ministry is saying what you think Jesus is saying. Point number three, the Bible calls us to give special priority to prophetic ministry. We're actually to give priority to all the gifts of the Spirit, but we're supposed to give special priority to prophetic ministry. How do I know that? 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 3 says this, Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Let's stop there. What's Paul saying here? He's saying eagerly desire. So be passionate about all the gifts of the Spirit. All of them are for you. I mean, again... Why would Paul tell the whole church, hey, all of you, be really passionate about all the gifts, except you only get one or two of them. Doesn't make sense, right? Be passionate about all of the gifts of the Spirit, but have special passion and priority and intentionality for the gift of prophecy. For some reason, Paul highlights that particular gift for us to be passionate about. And there are probably a number of reasons for why Paul did that, but here's one of them that I believe. I really believe that when the gift of prophecy starts to decrease in a church body, that all of the gifts of the Spirit start to decrease. I really believe as we start to lose prophetic ministry, as we start to lose the common occurrence of God speaking to his people through his people, we start to see less supernatural in general. And so I think that's why Paul is saying, give this one special attention because I really believe as long as we are continuing to stay intentional and passionate about the gift of prophecy, I believe we'll continue to see an increase of supernatural. I know for me personally, the times of my walk with Christ where I have been a little less intentional about prophecy, if I really think back, I probably saw less healing too. And I probably saw less supernatural in general. So I believe it's critically important that we stay passionate about prophetic ministry. And so just to make that practical, practical, I'd encourage you, especially for those of you who maybe have been flowing in prophetic ministry for a long time, I'd encourage you give one word a day, at least for the first, at least for a, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple months. Like make that your goal. And if you, if you can give someone a prophetic word in person, great, if you have to text them, fine. But... Make it, make it a goal to give at least one prophetic word per day, and I bet you you'll see the amount of supernatural activity in your life start to increase. So that was verse 1. I think I didn't read verse 3. Verse 3, or verse 2 and 3, let me continue on with the passage. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands. But in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies to men for edification, or sorry, but one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. What's Paul saying there? He's saying that the fruit of prophetic ministry should be a person being encouraged, strengthened, and built up. When a prophetic word is given, what should we see the result? If it really is from God, the result should be the person is strengthened, encouraged, or built up. Now, this doesn't mean that all prophetic ministry is always positive and affirming. But I will say this it's wise for a person who is learning to start there. If you're learning how to prophesy, it is wise for you to start in a positive and affirming place. I remember when I was 15, before I even had my temps, my parents wanted my grandfather to take me out driving so I could start to learn how to drive. And we were driving on Brem Road one afternoon, and the lesson that he was sharing with me that afternoon was you never swerve for anything. So he was teaching me that. And so what's kind of hilarious is we were driving down the road, and all of a sudden, like 100 yards up, a squirrel just ran right into the middle of the road and stayed there. And so I'm just driving, and he's like, Luke, don't you swerve for that squirrel. So we're driving, 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 <coughs> driving, <coughs> driving <coughs> ran over the squirrel. <laughs> I didn't swerve, I just kept going. And <laughs> afterwards, my grandfather was like, you know, Luke, you probably could have, I could have told you to stop, that's my fault. You know? <laughs> Because I could have easily slowed down and stopped. No one was behind me. It was like 100 yards out. And I thought the squirrel was going to move, but it just stayed right there. (laughs) But I will say this. There have been times that other animals have jumped out in front of me or deer other things and not swerving, I think, actually really saved my car, even saved my life a couple of times. That lesson stuck with me. Now... Is that statement, don't swerve on the road, a black and white true for every circumstance Saying statement? No, right? There, are, there have been times that I've swerved to avoid an accident. I'm really a good driver, everybody. I don't, I don't wanna make you <laughs> feel like I'm not a good driver. <laughs> but there have been times where I'm sure all of you can agree you've had to swerve. But why did my grandfather teach me that? Because he knew at the state that I was in as a beginner If I learned that lesson, don't swerve first, it would probably save me a lot of accidents in my early years of driving. And then I could learn the deeper truth, which is most of the time don't swerve at a later point in my development. Same is true with prophetic ministry. If you are learning how to do this, I'd encourage you, always choose to be positive and affirming with your prophetic words. And as you develop and as you grow, the Lord will start to teach you how to share words like prophetic warnings, Or even prophetic corrections. Um, But start with the positive and affirming. Speaking of prophetic warnings, I believe that God does that. I believe that God will sometimes share with one believer a warning for another believer. Now, I believe that prophetic warnings, if you look at them scripturally, there's a very important condition that always comes with a warning. I believe whenever God gives a prophetic warning to a person, there's always a condition. Hey, this bad thing is coming, but if you do this, you will avoid it. Or, hey, this bad thing is coming, but if you stop doing this, you will avoid it. I remember another time at house group, there was this girl that had come in who was from a different ministry, different kind of stream, different understanding of the Holy Spirit, and she was giving out prophetic words. Also, there was this lady who would come in who was just really broken and depressed and was going through a super hard season and was just trying to come to hear God, right? So you have the first lady and then you have the second lady. Well, at one point in the night, the first lady gives a prophetic warning to the really hurting lady. But all she says is, hey, I just see a storm is coming over your life. That's it. And the second lady broke down and ran out of the house. And I look back on that and I'm like, I don't believe that was from God. Even if a storm potentially was coming, I believe when you look, and you can see this in Acts 27 and another another chapter in Acts, I think it's 18 or 19. When you see prophetic warnings are given, there's always a condition. But if you do this, you'll avoid it. And so I believe that if you ever feel like you have a prophetic warning for a person, make sure you ask the Lord about that and pray and wait until you get it before you share it. So again, the fruit of prophetic ministry should be a person being encouraged, strengthened, and built up, but that doesn't mean that it's always immediate. Like, doesn't mean there's always immediate encouragement, strengthening, or building up. Like we used to, so you know how we do, a lot of you know, some of you might not, a lot of you know how we do healing on the streets. We pray for people at Northgate Mall every Saturday. So before we were doing healing on the streets, we were actually sending a team just to walk around Northgate Mall and pray for people. We've actually been praying for people to be healed and saved and prophesying to people in Northgate Mall since February of 2014. It's pretty crazy. And so one of the, during that, I think it was during that year, 2014 or 2015, a guy, some of you might know, a guy named Chris Walden who goes here, Chris was at Northgate Mall and he walked up to this guy and shared this simple word with him. Chris doesn't even remember what it was. The guy said thanks and walked away. Fast forward three years, Chris is walking into a coffee shop and he hasn't seen that guy. That guy was a stranger to him. He hasn't seen that guy since. That guy runs up to Chris and says, you're the guy that gave me that word in Northgate Mall. That was life-changing for me. And Chris had, no, Chris like barely even remembered it, you know? And so I want to encourage you that if you start to press into sharing prophetic words and you don't see people immediately go, I'm like, oh, wow, that was crazy. You don't see it immediately. Wait, because oftentimes the encouragement, the strengthening and the building up and the comforting, it happens over time. So let's, that's prophetic ministry. Let's read 1 Timothy 1:18 again. This is what we started with this time I want to highlight a different part of the verse this command I entrust to you Timothy my son in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you that by them the prophecies you fight the good fight so here's my last point don't just be excited by prophetic words you receive treasure them don't just be excited by prophetic words that you see but treasure them Luke chapter two, verse 17 through 19 says this. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. This is talking about Jesus. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. So what's happening here? The shepherds are coming to the group of people around where Jesus was just born, and they're saying, This is all the stuff that God just said about your son. And everyone around it is wondering. I I read it, it could be like they are in wonder, like they're in awe of what is being said. But then the author, Luke, makes sure to distinguish something. They were all wondering. They were all in awe. But Mary treasured these words. I think Mary is a great picture of what it looks like, how we are to receive the prophetic words that we believe are from God, we don't have, you don't have to receive every word, but for the prophetic words that we believe are from God, this is what it looks like to, um, Mary shows us how we are to receive those words. And here's why. When we are in awe of the thing that God says, but we don't treasure it, that prophetic word becomes an exciting moment in our life rather than a catalytic moment in our life. We don't just want exciting moments with God, We want catalytic moments with God. What do I mean by catalytic moments? I mean moments that change us and transform us forever. And oftentimes, sometimes when you hear a prophetic word, in that moment, it's going to change you. But other times when you hear a prophetic word, you actually have to treasure or you have to value that word. You have to come back to it and read it again. You have to remind yourself of it. You have to choose to believe it when it doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. And as you treasure that word, what's really cool is that you actually become transformed into the kind of person that can experience the reality of that word. As you treasure the prophetic words that are given you, God actually uses the act of you treasuring it to change you. And He changes you into the kind of person that can receive the word. So I think I'm going to stop right there. So I'm going to invite you, why don't you stand? Let's just do a little bit of ministry before we end for the morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. And God, I ask right now that you would release a spirit of prophecy in the room. That you would release a special grace and favor for prophetic ministry into the room right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, stay engaged for a second. But I actually believe some of you are receiving prophetic words for people around you. I believe God right now is releasing prophetic words for you to share to people around you. If that's you, really ask him right now what he's saying and I would encourage you, share it before you leave. I also believe that God right now is reminding people of prophetic words that were spoken over them in a past season that they've forgotten about. The reason God is reminding it, reminding you of it is because he's gonna use that word to launch you into the next season of your destiny. So I just bless the remembering in Jesus' name. I bless the remembering. Let's actually do this all together. If you have a word for someone, just turn and share it with them. If you don't, just encourage someone near you. On your mark, get set, go.